Hi there everyone, my name is Gavin. I'm one of the leaders at Jubilee Church Teesside and I'm delighted that you're joining us this morning as we continue our sermon series, Life on the Frontline, looking at what it means to be people who go. Now we're going to get straight into it this morning, no messing about. So if you grab your Bibles for me, we're going to go to Philippians 2 and we're going to read from verses 3 to 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wonderful. Well, today I want to look at a theme which is called the work of our hands. Basically looking at where we spend our nine to five time, where we spend the majority of our time. Whether that is volunteering, working, serving others, raising children, uh, looking after the home, whatever it is that you do in your normal day to day. But to keep it simple for me, all right, I'm going to refer to all of it as work. Now, if you don't have a paid job, please don't um, switch off for the rest of the morning because I am speaking to you as well. But just because I'm easily confused, we're going to branch it all together and call it work. All right. And this whole area of work is something which I'm totally passionate about. Myself, I've had quite a varied career for someone who's relatively young. Um, when I was younger, my dream was to be a policeman. I wanted to be a police officer. Um, that was what I always wanted to do until I watched an episode of The Bill. Remember The Bill? I watched an episode of The Bill one time and the police officer was beaten up. So um, my dream ended at that point. After that, I had a few more serious ambitions of being a, a businessman, whatever that meant. I wanted to be a guy in a suit with a briefcase who worked in the city. Um, so much so that I actually picked A-levels, which would allow me to go on and study international business at university, because that was my dream job. And then I met Jesus. And uh, I became a Christian, the more I got to know Jesus, the more passionate I felt about serving him. And the more I felt called to serving him in my nine to five. So I changed my plans, didn't apply to university and ended up doing a gap year for a local church where I worked as a youth worker serving young people in Darlington. And do you know, I remember after my gap year finished, I sat down with my church leader at the time and I said, right, what now? What can I do now? This is my dream. I want to serve God. I want to be doing that for a job. And I'll never forget what he said to me. Because he said to me is, uh, what he said to me is, before you can even think about going into full-time church ministry, before you can think about working for a church, you need to go out and get some experience 
in the working world. You need to get some experience in the nine to five. You need to work amongst other people and get to know other people. You need to be in the world. And apart from being very disappointed at the time, what he said made a whole lot of sense. So I spent the next 10 years working in various jobs in the world. I did all sorts of roles, I won't go into them all now, but I had a lot of experience in lots of different roles and it was great fun. So this whole area of nine to five, work of your hands, is something which I'm totally passionate about. And listen, like every good preacher this morning, I've got three solid points for us, okay? My three points are, one, why does work matter to God? Secondly, why God is with us in our day-to-day? And then thirdly, why service is important? So let's get cracking. Why is work important to God? Well, this is a really interesting question because society has built up this idea that work is terrible and work is a chore which stops us from doing the real fun things in life the things that we want to be doing and we've built up this monday morning mentality which is ingrained in us we don't want to be at work we want to be at home or we want to be out socializing with our friends but if we look at the bible then we see that this negativity towards work was never god's intention. If we go right back in history to Genesis chapter 2, we see that work was in fact part of God's plan. And not only that, but God himself was a worker. We see it in Genesis 1, look at this, it says, God looked over all that he had made, the work that he had done, and he was pleased. Then at the start of Genesis 2, we see um, God finished the work of his creation and he rested. So, yes, work was all part of God's plan, but not only that, it's part of our plan as well. We are called to be workers. We're made to be workers. It's part of our image-bearing nature. We're created in God's image and because of that we model God. Our potential for creative work is part of our Godlikeness. And your work was always there for us as well. Um, in the Bible, in the, in the original sense, see, a lot of you will know that the Bible, the story of the Bible starts with the Garden of Eden. It starts with perfection. It's us in paradise walking with God. It's the world as it should be. No sin, no darkness, no pain, no hurt. And part of that perfection is work. Look at this, Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Can you see that? See, God created paradise for us. And as part of that, he could have created it without any work at all. He could have made trees that pruned themselves, crops that harvested themselves, animals that looked after themselves. He could have easily done that, but he didn't. He chose in perfection, in paradise, to add work. As Bible teacher John Stott puts it, he says that it's creation and not the fall that has made us workers. 
That's so true, isn't it? We can see work as this really negative thing, as, which is a result of the fall and sin entering the world, but it's not that at all. It's God's original plan for us. Work is part of God's plan in a perfect world. What else do we know about work? Well, what does God do in his work? What does he do? He brings about meaning and order to creation. From nothingness, he brings order and formation. From bleakness, he brings life. From darkness, he brings light. From chaos, he brings order. So in a biblical sense, to work means to bring about something of benefit. All right, that's a biblical vision for work. It's to bring about something for beauty and for benefit to others. It isn't simply about just survival. And if we model God in our work, then that's exactly what we should do. And this is so important for us to grasp, by the way, because if we are to be frontline people who impact our nine to fives, we need to get the right perspective on work. We need to see it as God sees it. And God cares about work because he blessed us with it. He blessed us with it as a way of us flourishing and bringing about good things. Like, think of it this way, okay? Those of you who have kids or have had kids in the past, what is one thing that you always do before the birth of your first child? Well, you nip down to Ikea and you buy some furniture for the nursery, don't you? You'll buy a cot, you'll buy a chest of drawers, a changing table, you might have one of them chairs that you sit in and feed the baby. Um, You'll paint the walls a lovely colour, you'll stick some stickers on there for the baby, you'll um, get a lovely carpet, you'll get a lovely lampshade. What you do is you create the perfect environment because you want the child to flourish. You want the child to grow and develop. And it's the same with God. God made the perfect environment for people in the Garden of Eden. And in that, he made work because he wants us to flourish. He wants to give us good things to do. Look at Jesus as well, by the way. Jesus in uh, John 9, 4 says, We must do the works of him who sent me. Is that the same value? Throughout the Bible, we see this value of work. And do you know, having a working mentality and wanting to work hard is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's a creation thing. It's what we are created for. Whatever that work is, whether it's volunteering or parenting or serving others or being in a paid position of work. This is so important to grasp. We should just change our opinion of work and how we see it. Now just to say, we'll be right in saying that sin entering the world does change work. It just change aspects of it. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't make work itself bad. It brings bad aspects into our lives. It makes aspects of work difficult. But in and of itself, work is not a bad thing. Work is part of God's plan for creation. Hopefully that's just a bit of background for you as to why work is important and why it matters to God. Second thing to say is this, God is with us in our day to day. He cares about our day to day. 
And if we're going to be frontline people, if we're going to affect our workplaces, then we need to be aware and we need to be sure and confident that God is with us in our day-to-day places. We need to be sure that God's equipping us and supporting us and guiding us and caring for us as we go into those places. See, I don't know if you ever think about this, but God cares about the mundane details of our work, whatever that is. Check this out. This is Genesis 2, 19. All right? We get this amazing little interaction between God and Adam. See, God's talking to Adam in the garden. And what does he say? Well, he brings all the living creatures to Adam. And God says, okay, let's see what you will name them. I mean, the detail of that is amazing. Every creature on earth is given a name by by people and God cares about that. I mean, could you imagine this scenario? You've got God and Adam just chilling out in the garden and um, God's bringing the animals to Adam and he's giving them these ridiculous names. So he's like, okay, um, uh, stick insect. Okay, uh, um, uh, blackbird, blackbird. Uh, okay, um, uh, okay, fighting fish, fighting fish. Um, platypus, okay, um, and, and God's getting more and more frustrated and he's like, come on, have a bit of creativity here, Adam. And he brings another one and he's like, okay, uh, dog. And God's like, oh, come on, that's just my name backwards. You ain't even trying now. <laughs> Can you imagine the scene? Like, God cares about the detail. God is with us in the detail of our nine to five. God's in the small things that you do. Maybe you feel like your job's insignificant to God. If you do, I just want you to know that God cares about it. Don't see your job as insignificant. Don't feel like you haven't got a calling. Don't feel like what you're doing doesn't matter because actually God has placed you there for a reason. God's in your day to day. Jesus models this amazingly. I was reading in my Bible this week uh, a story in Luke 5, um, which is a story where Jesus calls his first disciples. And I've missed something fascinating in this story over the years. Um, Back on the story, Jesus is teaching a crowd of people and uh, loads of people turn up to watch him preach. So Jesus gets out in a boat and he's uh, in a boat preaching to the people uh, just off the shore. And uh, as he's in the boat, he says to Simon Peter, he says, OK, um, get your net and put it in the water and we'll catch some fish. And uh, I love it because Simon Peter like looks at Jesus and you can just see him thinking, OK, 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 wise guy. All right. We've been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. And, and that's like nighttime, the time you're supposed to fish, not in the middle of the day. Uh, and also we are professional fishermen so surely we know a thing or two about fishing but but we'll humor you we'll put the nets into the water so he throws his nets down and then suddenly they pull the nets back up and there's an unbelievable catch of fish like the biggest catch that you'll ever see and you know what i love about this story the detail i'd missed in the past is that jesus had already been traveling around performing miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons. So for Simon Peter, he was already impressed with Jesus. Jesus didn't have to prove himself, didn't have to prove his power to Simon Peter. You know, he was already in awe of Jesus, but Jesus decides to make it personal. 
He shows that he cares about Simon's day-to-day life. He cares about his little fishing business. I mean, it wasn't about the fish at all. If Jesus was hungry, he could have just made a big massive swordfish appear and he could have just ate it in, in one go, in nice meaty fish. It's not about the fish at all. This is about Jesus taking the time to give value and meaning to Simon's day-to-day work. <laughs> God cares about your nine to five, and I know some people need to hear that this morning. Your role isn't pointless. Your role isn't insignificant. It's of great value to God. Maybe you don't have a paid job, but what you are called to do is still vital. And you know, when you recognise the importance of your job to God, and when you see that he can be in the day-to-day things that you do, it's so much easier to invite him in to be part of it. See, suddenly you aren't just serving coffee or doing admin or dealing with customers or building houses or running toddler groups. Suddenly you're doing those things for Jesus. You're doing those things with Jesus as part of the atmosphere and they form your front line. And that change of attitude, it can just make a huge difference. Check out this quote. This is Mark Green who wrote Fruitfulness on the Frontline in an amazing book. He says this. He says, what might happen if we invite God into our tasks? The ones we find difficult and the ones we find easy. What amazing things might happen if we ask Jesus to come into the things that we already do quite well, actually. Might it be just a smidgen better? Might it be an awful lot better? Might the response of others be much more positive? Might he teach us something? Might he do a miracle? When God gets involved in our tasks on the front line, who knows what might happen? Listen, God cares about the details of your job, of your work, of the work of your hands. Why not ensure that he's part of it and invite him in? Okay, that's my first two points. I just want to end this morning with something a little bit more practical, with some application of how we can be frontline people in our workplaces. Because what I want us all to know is that as Christians, we have an opportunity to be real examples in our workplaces, whatever the job. See, it's often said that the world is um, more impressed by the power of our example than it would ever be by an example of our power. People will watch us and gain an opinion of Jesus through that. Your example has immense power. We have an opportunity to stand out and be um, people who offer an amazing example of Jesus in everything that we do. And the truth of the matter is that for most of us, our workplace, the nine to five, is the place where we spend the majority of our time. And the people that we see there are the people that we spend most of our time with. And what do they say? They say that you become like those who you spend time with. Or they become like you. The more you serve God in your day to day with the right attitude, the more of an example that you will give, the more of a clear impact that you can make on your front line. Listen, we haven't really talked about a passage from this morning from Philippians that I read right at the start, but those few short verses in Philippians give us a blueprint about what our attitude should be in the workplace. 
the passage tells us that we should have the same mindset as Christ. And that is our first step to think about our workplace in the same way that Jesus does. What might that lead to? Well, the passage tells us that having Jesus' mindset looks like this. It says that we do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I mean, how exciting is that? What a clear indication as to how we should act in our workplace. See, that sentence tells us everything that we need to know about making a difference in our nine to five places. It involves putting others above ourselves, modeling Jesus and laying ourselves down in order to raise others up. Not simply looking out for our own interests, but modeling the humility of Jesus. Because Jesus is the ultimate model of humility, isn't he? He came to earth and he humbled himself. He was born in a place where animals sleep. He worked and grew up in a poor area. He spent his time around outcasts and those who were looked down upon by society. He was um, tortured and suffered. Jesus is the ultimate example of what we need to do in terms of humility. As Christians, we need to put others first. We need to have this servant attitude towards those we see in our day-to-day. We need to serve our workplaces. Just ask yourself this question for a second. What would it look like if you served others in your workplace? What changes might you see? What breakthrough could there be? Let me tell you, it's completely countercultural, isn't it? It's completely countercultural to serve others first and foremost in your workplaces. You see, usually in work, it's every man for themselves. It's trying to get to the top. It's trying to achieve as best you can. I saw this just so often when I worked in the corporate world. It's just one man trying to climb on top of the next man to reach the top. But actually, as Christians, we're called to go against that self-centred culture because we are people who look at the cross-centred and view of life and the result of that is laying down our lives and serving others and don't hear what I'm not saying by the way this doesn't mean that Christians can't be successful it doesn't mean that we sit back passively and let other people take credit for our work it doesn't mean that we don't strive to be better and get promotions and be good at our jobs it doesn't mean any of that at all it just means that first and foremost we have an attitude where we put other people first With the words that we say, we build people up in our workplaces. With our actions, we serve. We offer to help. We encourage people in the lots of the little things that we do. See, whether or not you recognise it, the reality is that all of us have been sent and called to our places of work, whatever that is. We all have spheres of influence And my challenge for you this morning is to ask how you're serving that sphere of influence. How are you serving those that you come into contact with and pointing them towards Jesus? See, our calling to bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere is massive. But as I've said so many times in the past, it's a mission which we're all caught up in and we've all got a part to play in. And what better place to start than in our workplaces?
listen, I'm done now, but I'd love us to respond this morning because I think some of us need to remember God in our day to day. I'm getting a sense that just a number of people feel like work has become this chore. Just you're wondering why you're there. It's not what you want to be doing. It's not what you feel that God's called you to. You, you wonder whether God's even in it with you. Well, I need you to hear today that God is with you in every aspect of your job. I'd love to challenge you to have a new perspective on work. And as you go into work tomorrow morning, I'd love you to know, actually, no, God is with me in this. Irrelevant as to whether you enjoy it or not. God may well move you to a different job, but at this moment in time, God is with you in your job. For others, I feel like this morning is a chance to ask that question. Just to reflect and say, what would it look like to serve your workplace? What would it look like to put others first? Ask God to give you revelation. Ask God to equip you to start doing that this week. And listen, something that we can all do this morning is we can pray for the places that we class as the work of our hands. It could be the people you come into contact with most regularly. It could be your own family, but we've all got a part to to play in that. And, And what we can start by doing is praying for others. Yeah, Father God, I thank you so much for your biblical vision of work. I thank you so much that you've created us as people to be workers. We model you, we're made in your very image, and part of that is that we reflect you with our work, God. So just pray it blesses all this week. Help us have a fresh perspective of work. Help us to feel that we can make a difference for you, Lord Jesus. And um, yeah, help us to just have this servant-hearted attitude this week, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness to us. And just pray this week you'd go with us into our day-to-day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.